Yeah. I saw a dude do a stand-up routine the other day uh, about he was he's bi and he was trying to talk straight guys into doing gay stuff. Mm-hmm. And I was like, normally it's just uh, one thing. It's like, hey, do you like doing gay stuff? And that's it. You figure out if you like it and then you do it. <laughs> yeah. That's all it takes. No, there's a whole spectrum it? of activity you can you can try out. I know. He was trying to pull all these angles. I was like, you know how you like to hang out with your friends? Well, imagine if you do one extra thing that's super cool. And I'm like, <laughs> those aren't that's his words. Compelling. I'm not taking his jokes. Um, but yeah, no, exactly. But I was just like, yeah, yeah. But normally, if you just hang out with gay guys, you're already down. There's no talking into Yeah, yeah there you go. Yeah. You're set. Yeah, exactly. The Ninja Turtles have to yeah. talk to the other Ninja Turtles and talk them into pizza. They all like pizza. <laughs> So like, hey, you hungry? You know what you're hungry for? Pizza? Yeah, me too. We like pizza, right? Yeah, we, we're both into that. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. yeah. How, how do we figure out that out for the 500th time in a row? <laughs> <laughs> Although, I'm still mad that that's not a balanced diet. You know, like... Just pizza? The, yeah. Like the Ninja I Turtles... I read an article once that you, like, it isn't... If you were going to eat only one food it's one of the more reasonable options because you've got dairy, there's some semblance of vegetable matter, and then it's just like bread and it isn't necessarily processed. I mean, you could do worse. I guess maybe we better if you ate nothing but avocados or something like that, but... That sounds gross, too. Like, yeah, only one thing... Really yeah, I heard that honey is something you can eat only one of and honey? you'll be fine. Yeah, I feel like I'd go out of my mind. I would go out of my mind for any of that kind of one shots thing. Uh, Honey in particular, I, though, it's so like viscous, right? Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you a secret about me that I don't like to share. Mm-hmm. I don't like pizza. You don't like pizza? I don't like pizza. That's an unusual trait. It's not that unusual, though. I feel like as far as like, like eccentric things you're not into, that's one that you hear relatively often. Yeah. But you know what makes it extra weird for me not to like pizza? is I post a lot of pictures of pizza on my Instagram. Really? Yeah. Is that just I, like to be edgy? <laughs> Look at this pizza. I don't even like it. I don't comment about how I don't like it, but whenever I see weird toppings on pizza, I like to share that. Huh. Because I guess I, I have like seen weird. you talking about some weird pizza toppings, but now there's going to be the subtext just for me and everyone who listens to this podcast. Yeah, exactly. Like That's the kind of thing level. I give my listeners. And yeah. By the way, if you guys go back and watch the pizza toppings stuff, uh, <laughs> it started because someone posted a picture of strawberries on pizza. It's like they got a cheese pizza and they put strawberries on it and cooked it. And it was kind of like the idea of the post was, oh, if you got mad at people for putting pineapples, you're going to hate to see what my friend does with his pizza. And so I just put it up I with mean, no context. And people thought I made the pizza. There is something like immediately outrageous about it. But if you think about it, the texture and flavor of strawberry is not that different from pineapple, right? And if you like I would bite into it. Pizza, I would take I would a try bite. it. Every pizza that I posted a picture of is weird, unique, mm-hmm. and I would take a bite of it. I wouldn't it sounds have- like a great account. Yeah, I wouldn't have a full meal of it, but I also wouldn't have a full meal of regular traditional pizza. Right. But do you think your standards for toppings are lower because you don't like pizza at all? Okay, so this is how it all happens. Because I used to like pizza. Break it down. And it's not like I hate Oh, really? So this is new. Well, I have a lactose intolerance. Oh, yeah. 
So it's already a challenge to eat pizza. Mm-hmm. And now that I'm not working events and like catering and not on set right. as much anymore, I used to eat it because it was what was there. Now that it's uh-huh. not what was there, I eat it zero times. So, And then would you just get sick all the time? Yes, every week at Cinespia, I would get sick. Wow, yeah, sounds great. Yeah, oh, it was a blast. It, I always went yeah. home bloated and gross and would gain <laughs> weight the entire season. It was awful. Um, yeah. So I feel like if you took a picture of me at the beginning of the Cinespia day versus the end of the oh Cinespia day, you could see the difference. Yeah. Um, and then because of that, uh, bread is not like a good thing for you. So it's bread, something I'm allergic to, sauce Mm. which isn't like anything specific and then if they give you vegetables if you decide to have vegetables they just kind of sparsely put on vegetables and then blaze Mm -hmm. them in an oven so there's not really any nutritional value in it either right yeah it's basically just excess calories to feel full but nothing your body needs yeah i mean it'll like it'll get you through that but my thing is during those events i'm not sure why but i would feel compelled to eat like six slices of pizza because there were just, we would get like 20 or 30 pies yeah. and there would be nothing to do for two hours while the movie was playing. And Wait, for context, can I, I'm going to give everyone the context is I met you okay, yeah. through, um, through Cinespia, which is a company that shows movies in a cemetery. We would show 25 right. movies in a cemetery throughout the summer in Los Angeles. And uh, we just, both happened to work there and at our breaks yeah. during the movie was our breaks kind of i worked the entirety of the movies i never got to watch a single movie my entire five years there yeah uh but during the movies they would order like 20 30 pizzas uh-huh and we would all binge eat pizza uh and most of the crew got to watch the movie and eat pizza and there was this group think that what happened with the pizza which is like the pizza is free. There's something about it being free and it's here and there's nothing else to do. So we're just going to stand here until there's no more pizza left. Yeah, no, we would binge eat it till it was gone. And I really would feel sick, but you would walk because it was, it's this giant palatial cemetery and mm-hmm. you're like helping people sit down and you're setting up equipment and things like that. And, you know, I would walk, I had, you know, like one of those step counters on my phone. I would do 15, 20 miles in, an, in a day, but then I would eat an entire pizza. Yeah. And it, 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 it's just the exact opposite. I think like net, I was probably coming out up like three or 400 calories at least. Oh, I bet I was doing more than that. And I was consistently active because during the movies, I would carry around those giant C stands so they right. could take pictures of people watching the movie. Yeah, which is really what you want. No, exactly. Like the amount of physical activity I was doing was a lot. It was a ton. Yeah. I would be sore for two days after. But I would still, still eat I enough was pizza. Gaining weight. Yeah. Yeah. I was gaining weight. I was eating pizza that I'm allergic to. Yeah. To the point that I'm uncomfortable. <laughs> 25 times in 16 weeks. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. It's not good. No, I wouldn't trade it for anything. I would do it again. You know, I I would not. If you, if we could do it without the eight slices of pizza, I I might come on board. Well, okay. Yeah. When I said I would do it again, I meant if I was to relive my life, 
and 32 yeah. happened again and Dan Shapiro uh-huh. called me again to bring me back, I would say yes again. I would when not he calls come back. You pick up the phone. I, I love Dan. I've known Dan yeah, since I was a is. kid. I met him when I was 18. Um, but would I do it next week if uh, the owner of Sinespia called me? 100% no. <laughs> <laughs> if Dan's not involved, I'm out. Yeah, it's not about – it's also like I'm just – I've graduated from that point in my life. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I'm not going to eat the pizza. I'm not going to do your the pizza thing. quota. Yeah. yeah, I'm not putting up with the politics anymore. No. When it was entering the politics, it was fun. <laughs> you know, like but before that. Yeah, and I don't know how you arrive at politics when the activity is showing a movie in a cemetery, but somehow that did get – very complicated i feel like everything needs to have politics and not because it needs to have politics nothing truly needs to have politics right but because people need to feel important yeah and so people also feel the need to make other like you know like they're like well if i'm important this is my second most important person and you're like we're sure showing a movie (laughs) where i thought i was the second most important person exactly oh well you two should compete for the third most important person yeah you know like it's just like all of this doesn't matter what the stakes are exactly and because i'm the most important person i have the littlest to do with the event which makes me the least important person but i'm the most important person (laughs) (laughs) you know like and that's where the politics happen it's not like you have the most to do so he's the most important no 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 he assigned the person the most to do, so he's the yeah. most important. How come he gets to carry the pizza to the van where we all stand around eating the pizza? Which you notice, he didn't eat. Hmm, interesting. Truly political. That's <laughs> like, the sign of a very important person. He doesn't even exactly. need Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, that, well, he's the one buying the pizza. The most important one yeah. bought the pizza, fed it to his minions. Does need a and then went, Here's your pizza, my minions. And also, yeah. here's what I have. This is for me. I'll have this in the room that you're not yeah. allowed in while I eat. <laughs> right. You're like there's a curtain and no yeah. one shall pass. Exactly. Very Danish. Very, yeah. very tribal. Yeah. But that's what we did. We did that for years. You got to do something. Yeah. No, for Otherwise sure. Otherwise, the cemetery has been sitting there. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. We couldn't have the cemetery just be a cemetery. It needs to be a no. party. Which, by the way, if you're listening and you're horrified, we would show 4,000 people would come to the cemetery and we'd fit them into a field where nobody is buried. There are no dead bodies. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, no one's on top of the graves. No one's leaning back on headstones. Everyone, when you hear this, immediately assumes everyone's just taking a plot of land someone's buried in. Not happening. There's a giant field. It was somehow very respectful. People love this cemetery. Uh, if you can imagine a cemetery that people love, that's that's what this was. There's one that's yeah. like that in New York called Greenwood, which uh, I was actually New York forever. <laughs> yeah, it's called New York forever. <laughs> the New York forever. Ours cemetery. is called Hollywood forever. So that's just yeah. the, the context of the joke. Uh, I, I was reading that it was like the first public park that you could go to before they built Central Park and Prospect Park, and this was where you know in in the days of. New York being this just total, you know, unlivable world of pollution and people standing really close together. Uh, that was that was the only place you could get any exposure to like a plot of grass. 
And then when people saw how much they loved this cemetery, they <laughs> they tried to emulate the same thing, but without the dead bodies. And that's how we got public parks. In that's hilarious. So it was like the mayor took his kids and he's like, people love grass. Now, if I can only yeah. do this without bodies, <laughs> yeah. man, I'm going to propose grass without bodies. If only there like, was some way we could get the benefits of this grass without all the corpses. <laughs> exactly. You know, we'll yeah. even throw trees in. Uh, fun New York fact, uh, uh. which has actually become a universal American fact, is when we started building parks, we actually imported squirrels from other parts of the world in here. They're not from America. We imported really? them in. Yeah. Because and people like squirrels. Because- just because if you're going to be outside, there's got to be squirrels there. Yeah, it's something that is alive that's within the trees that's running around. And so it makes it more pleasant for humans to exist in because other things are existing in there. It doesn't feel, sense. yeah, it doesn't feel like this barren thing. And so they brought squirrels in. And of course, squirrels populated the shit out of it. But they were initially brought in just for our comfort. The way that like the cemetery brings in ducks and peacocks. Uh-huh. Yeah. When they started making parks, they were like, oh, here's squirrels. There's a great podcast called 99% Invisible. I've never plugged it on this, and they didn't ask me to. But they have a whole episode about us importing squirrels and trying to create a census to figure out how many squirrels we have. Just like to count them or what? Yeah. Yeah, they huh. wanted New York specifically wanted to know how many they had to figure out if it was a growing problem or not. <laughs> yeah, I guess. It, it, but if you have to count them in order to know whether or not it's a problem, is it really a problem? That's kind of what they came up with. They didn't come up with a number. They came up with, uh, we don't need to worry about this. We like squirrels. Huh. They're not. Well, a I guess they, it's nice to have an answer to that, that these squirrels aren't an issue. It's the one political thing I've ever seen them go, yeah, why? We can all agree. <laughs> yeah, we've decided. Wait, but yeah. I invited you on this because you have a very interesting job that you never told me you have. Yeah, it's, it's, it's fairly interesting. It has nothing to do with squirrels or cemeteries. So I write about the internet for the magazine Consumer Reports. And specifically, mm-hmm. I write about privacy. Uh, and that boils down to how are these companies getting your data? What are they doing with it? And what Yeah, exactly. Targeted ads. My Targeted ex-girlfriend ad. is in marketing. And so, really? To, yeah. So, your enemy is her biggest weapon that she gets excited about. <laughs> I, I don't mean, know she would go off and do. Well, I mean, she would. She's not your enemy, but the way yeah. that they collect that, like, I was going to say data or data. I don't know which one's right. Whichever one they, however, they collect that through your social media is her mm-hmm. tools. And it's like, wait, that's my fear. You know, <laughs> like, yeah. The way that you guys are able to just profile me is she's like, oh, yeah, it's great. We got everything we need now. And I'm it is like, really I amazing. gave none of that up. Um, like, I, I don't like that that's a thing, although I overlike things. So my targeted mm. ads are missing me. Wait, so, um, so you write about our privacy. Do we have mm-hmm. any? Uh, well, yeah, definitely. You know, this is kind of what the whole point of this issue is for me in a way is we've arrived at this place where, you know, if we were talking about this five or six years ago, we'd probably be having a discussion about who even cares, does this matter, right? You bring up privacy and he goes, I don't have anything, to, people go, I don't have anything to hide. Mm-hmm. What's the big deal? Somehow we've moved past that conversation. There are a lot of reasons for that. 
that now everyone kind of agrees that privacy is an important thing that we want for the most part. Um, well, yeah, and, once you lost all of it. Well, I, I don't think that we've lost all of it necessarily, right? And part of that, like, think about the ideas in your head, right? Uh, if, uh, you know, we, we could get to the point where the, the data collection is so effective that it's like they can read your mind. That's not mm-hmm. necessarily out of the question. We haven't gotten there yet. There are things that you haven't told people that they don't know. So you still have some semblance of privacy, right? You said the, the the targeted ads that you see aren't that effective. They don't really meet your needs, right? That's that the the data collection machine yes, isn't but they're also, working on you correctly. Kind of, because they're also sometimes mm-hmm. scary accurate. Yeah, right. I mean, it's a numbers game, right? And, and it also just depends on you know when you're the way this all works is you're careening around the internet. And mm-hmm. there are these systems that identify you uh, based on just like these ID numbers that tech companies give you. And then there's this automated bidding process that happens in a matter of seconds where they go, Aaron is here. These are the 40 things he's into. And there yep. are 10 ads that have been programmed and whichever one is the most valuable, that's the one that gets shown to you. So sometimes there I'll isn't an ad is. that. Yeah. It's Cubs hats. I have, Cubs I mean, you can hats. see behind yeah. me. I have like you got a lot of Cubs them. hats. Yeah, almost all of my Facebook advertising is for more Cubs hats. Does it work? I mean, clearly I have a wall of them. But <laughs> are there any Cubs hats that you don't have? How many do they make? I mean, well, I mean, they do have a lot that I don't have. Ones for kids and women. Um, okay, yeah. I don't buy a lot of the fashion ones. The ones that they make for the team i try to buy all of them except for the mm-hmm. ones that are like we wear this only on father's day i'm like fuck that i just want the ones you that don't they get wear the father's day days. no i don't uh-huh. get the regular ass i don't get the one-offs <laughs> i get the ones that they make uniform uh what else do i not have i don't have yeah so like the all-star game ones i don't care um yeah question about the targeted ads and my yeah. cubs hats specifically mm-hmm. why do they still show me ads for cubs hats i recently purchased Oh, that's a great question. Well, because the system isn't necessarily designed at every step of the way to be efficient and cost-effective, right? The people, this is a big problem within the world of marketing and advertising. Um, every time you see an ad, somebody spent money on it. And mm-hmm. if you already purchased the thing in that ad, and it's a thing like a hat or a washing machine that you're not going to buy again once you already have one, the the Cubs or whoever is selling that product, they're throwing their money away. Um, yeah. So what you're seeing is the system not working. There's an example where you asked, like, do we have any privacy yet? Right. There are yeah. there are uh, systems in place to keep track of your purchases. Your credit card company, most credit card companies, sell data about purchases, and they they say it's anonymized. Whether or not that's true is debate debatable, but there's a there's an example of a network. The world doesn't know that you bought that hat. Money is mm-hmm. being thrown away to show you an ad for a product that you already have. But that's what's going on is they just don't know that you've already made that purchase because it's it's such a convoluted system. Even the people that run it can't. That seems weird it. to me because it's like if I see a hat that I've never seen and I purchase mm-hmm. it, then I see the ad like a week later. And you're like, yes, I'm waiting for that in the mail. Like the way they figured yeah. out that I even would want such a hat is my purchasing. Yeah. 
and, and some of that is by design, right? It, depending on, you know, how the website works, how the people selling the ad space work. They don't necessarily want it to be accurate because they're making more money if the ad gets sold over and over again. But they also mm-hmm. don't want it to be clear the money's being thrown away. There's this like dance that's going on where people yeah. within the advertising world are lying to each other about how effective the systems are, what's really going on. And there really isn't any accountability because it's so complicated that yeah. there's room for that sort of thing to happen. So you go to the website, you click on the hat. That's an indication that you like it. Then the next thing you click on is the buy button. And that somehow just doesn't get recorded that mm. you've already made the purchase. We got to let lids and fanatics know that I am buying. You know, like you should call them every time you buy a hat and be like, just so you know. Although I will don't say, spend this- I have bought doubles of hats that I've liked. So they're yeah. not totally wrong. Yeah. Yeah. There are a couple where I'm like, I like this one and it's seasonal. Uh-huh. So for instance, I have this hat I'll show you, which the listener gets no idea what it is. It's not a hat they ever wore, but it's a hat that uh-huh. I specifically liked, but it's going to be clearly, they're only going to sell this for a year. Uh-huh. So, you know, cause they don't wear it. And so I'm like, all right, cool. That's uh, that's something I should buy like two or three of. So when that gets gross, I can just pull another one out. Uh, as if it's like toothpaste. Oh, when that runs out, I'll just grab the next more. toothpaste. Yeah. Yeah. Same with this stupid hat. How long does um, it take you to go through a hat? A year. A year. Yeah. Especially if it's Makes one that sense. I wear as often as like that one. That mm-hmm. one fits really well. And so I wear it. But at the end of the summer, it gets sweaty and gross. And there's not a great way to clean a hat that doesn't like destroy the hat in time. You can't put it in a laundry machine. No, you can't put it in the laundry machine. Some people say the dishwasher. Uh, that's still gross. There are ways to it? clean it. Yes. Yeah, no, but they they get worn. Like, honestly, a hat only has about five washes before it gets, like, mm. gr- like a baseball hat. Before it that's just, sad. like, you see the amount of, like, life in it, it's just dwindling. It's yeah. not like a felt hat, like, or, like, you know, like those nice brim hats that have a long life. Right with proper yeah. maintenance um if only. someday I, we'll have the technology yeah i know that i keep making this about hats and it's about advertising but <laughs> uh a question i have that i think i know the answer to i clearly want you to say what i want you to say but i'm not going to lean too heavy okay are these ads listening to us it, like if is your I, phone listening to you yeah like if i sit here and talk to you about dog food despite the fact that i don't mm-hmm. have a dog and i uh, right am i gonna start now i feel like because i said that out loud into a microphone that goes into my phone i'm gonna start seeing mm-hmm. targeted ads for dog food is yeah. that actually how it works well it, it's hard to prove a negative but uh i've talked to a lot of people about this tons of other people who have the same job as i do have looked into it and the answer that all the experts have arrived at is no. Uh, Another little piece of evidence that that's not happening, Mark Zuckerberg went in front of Congress, was asked point blank whether that was happening, and he said no. Now, Mark Zuckerberg could be lying, uh, but that was one of the only things he said definitively, and when you say that in front of Congress, if it's not true, you're committing Mm -hmm. perjury, right? Um, What I think is more interesting, because we've all had that experience where you see that ad, I was just talking about that. Yeah, exactly. We're talking about the ways the system is ineffective, but on the other hand, it, it's so effective at collecting your personal information and connecting that to your interests that it feels as though they must be listening, which is kind of alarming. 
Uh, but I think what it comes down to is people don't really understand who's collecting their data, what the word data means, and how it's being collected. You know, uh, people have this idea about Facebook, like my data on Facebook, it's the things I type, it's the things I click like on, but it's so much more than that. It's, it's you, when you're scrolling down the page, they're measuring as you scroll, and if you stop on a, like, on a certain part of the page and you linger for longer, that's an indication that you're more interested. Your mouse movements, if you hover over something, that indicates whether you're interested mm. in it. There's so if I credit- stop scrolling, that means something to you guys. You guys are even, yeah. you guys are looking Absolutely. at the negative space more so than the actual clicks. Right. When you're scrolling down your Instagram feed, right, you're, there's things that you don't, you, you're scrolling, that looks boring, that looks boring, and then you stop on something, right? Mm-hmm. Instagram is measuring that. And every website that you're on, not every single mm. one, but a lot of them are. Uh, then you have to add in, you know, there's, like we said earlier, credit card purchases. There's your activity in all your different apps. You know, there's ads you see there that indicate what you're interested in. They get, it gets all lumped together. And then you add to that uh, your your network of of friends and acquaintances, right? Like your phone is collecting location data, right? Or you and I are on this call right now. There's a record that we're on this call. There's a record. Wait, when you say location data, are you saying that if I walk into a certain type of store, like I like to Mm -hmm. go to like toy stores, yeah, that my phone is recording that I'm in a toy store at the moment. And so when I go home in two weeks, it's like, hey, check out these toys that we have on sale. Absolutely. So it's not always happening, right? And it depends on what apps you have installed. Mm -hmm. Uh, and whether using a, an iPhone or an Android, there's all kinds of different factors, but it's very easy to determine where you are, whether you have your GPS turned on or not, they can measure it with Bluetooth and with Wi-Fi. That's a way to figure yeah. out where you are. Oh, it's uh, probably easier. That's more direct. Yeah, exactly. They, it can get even more accurate. They have things called Bluetooth beacons where your phone sends out a, a Bluetooth signal and the beacons pick it up and they can get like, I think GPS. And the targeted ads are using like, that information. Absolutely. Yeah. So, and not just that, right? So if, if the, if Facebook or some other company that's involved with advertising knows that you and I are really close, then it might show you ads based on my interests, right? If Mm. like it, if we interacted a lot on the internet or spent a lot of time in person and the location data showed that I might start seeing an ad for uh, a Cubs hat because you're interested, <laughs> uh, which is a, a kind of a lazy example, but you know, I'll make it lazier, when, but more accurate when it yeah. comes time for my birthday. Does that mean my friends are probably getting some advertisements for like maybe Cubs shirts that match these hats where they're just it's like, Hey, totally look within reason. It, it wouldn't be hard to design an ad campaign that said, identify people who are big fans of the Cubs or even maybe big fans of Cubs apparel. And then yeah. show their friends advertisements. Yeah, or family, near yeah. This Target birthday. their family a month Easy before the birthday. Yeah. yeah. And the other thing that comes into this is you're exposed to, you know, dozens, if not hundreds of ads every day. Most of them aren't relevant or interesting. But there's like this psychological bias that when you see something that's that is related to something you were just talking about, it stands out to you as weird yeah. so you pay more attention to it. Yeah, see something, so, say something. Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, so my, you know, I'll, I could be wrong, but I, I would bet a lot of money on that. Like, they're not recording you. 
Um, another, you know, we don't need to spend that much time on this, but the other thing to think about is like, it just it takes up a lot of, you know, computing power on your phone yeah. to process audio. And if you've ever done speech to text, you know, asking Google or Siri something, that's you know, true. It it's not great. great. Yeah. It, it's just not an efficient way to do it. They don't need to. And it would be such a, a controversy if it, we found definitive mm-hmm. proof that they were, that I, I don't think the incentive is there. But the fact that it feels like they are, that's that's yeah. that's the evidence of the problem. Like there's something that needs to be done. Yeah, if it was talk to text, I get a lot of cup hats instead of cubs hats. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, Nobody wants that. Is there a way to stop this? Like is there a way for us to pr- better privatize ourselves? Yeah, absolutely. There's all kinds of things you do. You know, if you uh, – a l- little self-promotion. A lot of the articles I write are little step-by-step guides for protecting your privacy. Um, Wait, I'm actually working uh, better on, plug that. Tell people where to find those. So you can find that uh, on consumerreports.org is our website. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter, Thomas Germ- or at Thomas Germain, G-E-R-M-A-I-N. Uh, this is all I'm ever talking about. Uh, and yeah, there's a lot of little things you can do. And I, I'm even actually working on a newsletter. It'll be like a short, we're calling it like the privacy cleanse, where we're going to send you one email a day for seven days with an activity you can do it at the end of it you'll have completed this larger privacy project and leave yourself better protected. Um, I think what it comes down to is just being vigilant, you know, and uh, looking for ways that you can improve the situation. To a certain extent, you're trading privacy for convenience as just being a person alive sure. uh, in 2020. But you want to go through your settings on your phone. It, it can make a huge difference. It's not going to be perfect, but you know, your phone's constantly asking you for permission to access your location or your contacts. Or start saying no. Start saying no. You can go through your phone settings. If I airplane mode it before I leave to go to the street, does that help? Does it not it send out beacons? Yeah, yeah that, that'll, uh, you know, it's not going to completely turn, even when you're in airplane mode, depending on what kind of phone you have, there's still some data that could get sent out. But yeah, that makes a big difference. Uh, deleting apps that you don't need on your phone and using, like, you know, I don't use the Facebook app. Uh, I just go to Facebook in, like, the web browser on my phone because mm-hmm. that just there's less information exchanged. Uh, smart. You know, I, I don't have a lot of smart home products in my house because, you know, I just it, it's just about shrinking the area. Yeah, your house looks like Moby's. It's just all <laughs> yeah, white. Exactly. Nothing around. Yeah, that's what I'm going for. Pictures you drew yourself so you don't have to buy anything. Oh. I get it. I see yeah. your style. <laughs> Pictures of Moby's family. Yeah. So Thomas isn't even wearing a shirt because it targets uh, what he likes. He's yeah, just no, shirtless no, I, all the time. I, I can't get behind <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it's, it, it's like what I would recommend to people is like start with something like Facebook or Google, right? It's one of these big platforms that makes billions of dollars on people's personal information and attack that one first. You know, I've written guides, like how to use Facebook privacy settings, how to use Google privacy settings, spend 20 minutes going through them. It, it makes a big difference. There are things you can do. It, you're, it's not going to be perfect, but it's going to be better. Yeah. Is there any way for me to target ads for my podcast to get to uh more, what is it? Uh, dedicated fans. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it, 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 you know, it, it probably is there a way I could beacon that people that, that walk past me to listen to my podcast later without me having to say anything? I think you could do that. Yeah, if you mapped out the route that you take every day, you could say like show. You can these companies that do uh, location tracking. Uh, 
you can say like, I want to show ads to people who are within this particular area from the hours of like noon to 1 p.m. So what if I want it? It wouldn't cost you anything. Could I get it to only send those out to sevens or aboves? That might be a little <laughs> bit more. Thomas Germain, his episode's now released. After teasing it twice, now you got it. And you know what? I loved it. Like I said earlier, I want that. Uh, I want to put that on YouTube so people can learn more about targeted ads and learn more about how to escape targeted ads. I feel like they hunt us down so well that there's no way to escape them. But Thomas is fighting the good fight and teaching us how to escape them. And I appreciate that. And I appreciate him for doing all that. Uh, if you didn't listen to the Jeff Dye episode, I'll just repeat this fact one more time. Fun fact about Thomas that we forgot to talk about because it just wasn't worth, we were on the right track. So there was no reason to pull our conversation away to talk about this. His dad created the television show Rugrats and created the television show Recess. And when Thomas was an infant, his dad named a character after him. In Rugrats. So Tommy Pickles, the cartoon character, is named after Thomas Germain, the interview you just heard. Love that fact. What a fun fact. You know, like, but like I told him, like, afterwards when he was like, oh, we forgot to talk about Rugrats. I was like, yeah, but that's a thing that your dad should be talking about. You know, like, it's a, it's a trivia question in his life. You know, like, it's, that all happened when he was so young. You know, like, and what we were talking about now, to me, was so important to right now that it was like, that's, that's. It just didn't come up, didn't happen, but I wanted to let you guys know, just because that is such a unique, fun little fact, you know, like, I don't know, I just love cartoons, and so anytime there's any crossover with that in real life, I'm into it. I love when my friends have action figures or cartoon characters named after them. Uh, Thank you for listening to this episode. This next week, next Tuesday, I'm releasing Danielle Arce. She's a friend I've had for a long time, and it's because I got an email asking me uh, about being a woman in comedy. I got an email asking me for advice for a woman that wants to enter comedy. What is that like? And what are the roadblocks? How are they separate from men? And I am not a woman. So I was, I was reading it and I was like, I can answer my perspective on what I think it's like, or I could bring on a woman and ask her what it is like. And so I did. And so this next episode coming out next Tuesday is Danielle Arce. And it is all about that her experience of what it's like to be a woman in this male-driven, owned world that is comedy, especially the open mic scene. I did disagree with her on a couple of things, but I want to say I disagreed with her about when she would talk about the writing of comedy because I don't think there's any set rules on how anyone should be writing comedy in any direction. You know, and she was, like, trying to give writing pointers. And I was like, ah, people got to go their way. You know, like, that's just the way writing is. But I didn't disagree with her perspective on the women's what it's like to be a woman in comedy because how could i on that perspective i can only listen i have i don't have perspective on that i'm not a woman i know that uh that's coming tuesday guys i hope you guys enjoy that you can find at thomas germain he does it at thomas germain on everything 
everything across the board. That's where you can find them. You can find me at Aaron M. Marsh on everything. I've kept it equal across the board. And of course, rate, review, subscribe to this podcast. Enjoy this podcast. Listen to other episodes of this podcast. You know, like uh, the Emily Browning episode, I want to say about a month ago, is under listened to. And I think it's one of the funnest, you know, like, but it's just like, it wasn't promoted that well. And that's, yeah, that's my fault. But it's a fun episode. Go back and listen to it if you haven't yet. You know, like it's, or if you have, if you listen to all of them and you're like, Aaron, I've listened to all of them. What more can I do? You've done enough. You've done everything I could ask of you. Guys, so thank you for listening and thank you for putting up with me. Whether I'm right or whether I'm wrong, whether I find a place in this world or never belong, I've got to be me. To be free, I gotta be free. Derek, I try.